Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Did Chip Kelly just solve the issue with college football? The unifying idea that he presented after UCLA's appearance in the L.A. Bowl is one that might actually work. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel in for Greeny on this Wednesday, as always presented by Progressive Insurance. So I want you to hear this sound, Gabe, from Chip Kelly, the head coach of UCLA, who has been at the NFL ranks. He's been in the college ranks. He has a lot of experience and been a lot of different places. And the model in which he thinks will work for college football, as we know, expansion is about to explode in 2024 when a lot of those schools in the conference he's in are headed to the Big Ten. We know that Oklahoma and Texas are headed to the SEC. The Big 12 is going to have some changes, too, and the Pac-12 is Uh, currently the Pac-2. So let's hear from Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach, on his plan, at least if he was in charge and making the decisions on what realignment would look like for college football. Football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football and they're in a conference and everything else, I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five, and we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Okay, I was trying to keep all of that in line as he was talking about it. That was Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach, on his proposal for one giant conference is what I took it took that to, to mean in Division One football. Um, I'd love to see this happen. I think that in, in theory it would fix a lot of things, but – then, of course, I start going down the rabbit hole of Congress is probably going to get involved here because they got involved in NIL and just about everything else in college football. Um, that Title IX may come into play as far as the revenue share and what that means for other sports and that that could actually hurt some of those non-revenue programs at the universities. But he's speaking the quiet or really the loud part out loud that everybody's been talking about, Gabe, that – you shouldn't have if, if football's going to do its own thing because it has the resources to, to do it. You shouldn't have UCLA softball team traveling to Rutgers on a Tuesday to play games once they move into the Big Ten. That those sports should be stayed playing at the regional level. Yeah, and that to me that makes the most sense because those those are those regional rivalries that still exist outside of football. And I, I played a Division three sport. I played a non revenue sport. I was a baseball player and. Part of my fear with as big as these conferences are getting with the realignment and all that is a lot of these non-revenue sports are going to go away. And I understand that that's part of, I guess, doing business. But he he brings up a good point. Why can't football just break away, have a 64-team conference, and then, as he was kind of pointing out there, model it like the NFL? Yeah, you still, I mean, the divisions are more or less what the conferences are now. But, I mean, the NFL, if, if you take the NFC East, 
you know, they're going to be playing the first place team from the other, you know, divisions in the NFC. And then they play one division from the AFC. You could put together a college football schedule that is very similar to that and just make college football what it already is, a minor league system for the NFL. So why not just model it after that and Everybody's familiar with the NFL. It wouldn't take that much for everybody to get used to and accept Chip Kelly's idea. Yeah, and he's his model in the 64 teams that he's talking about in Division One. I, I know there are more than 64 teams, but he's talking about Power Five. Power Five teams, we're doing our own thing. It's... It's the most comprehensive plan that we've heard about. Remember, Jim Harbaugh mentioned this at one point, but then, you know, he got involved in all the Stein stealing stuff, got a little busy uh, with what he was dealing with, <laughs> his, with his one-seed Wolverines this year. But I, it makes me happy that somebody is carrying the baton from that and trying to further this thing forward because, like NIL in 2021, remember July 3rd? I remember it was, like, early summer. Mm-hmm. That thing came through, and it was like, all right, good luck, deal with it, because the NCAA didn't have any sort of comprehensive plan for how to regulate this, and all of a sudden, clock strikes midnight on July 3rd, any and every student-athlete's able to sign NIL deals, many of which were not regulated. A lot of student-athletes got themselves into some deals and some uh, legal language that ended up not being beneficial, but we're headed towards massive realignment in 2024 with a lot of big name programs joining up with other conferences. Wouldn't it be nice to, f- to have some sort of parameters in place before all of those things happen to where football can benefit the power five schools can benefit from the revenue share that would then you'd like to think be able to affect the other programs at the university, those non-revenue sports that we talked about and being able to not affect the landscape of college football in the way that I think a lot of fans are afraid of. You know, he talked about keeping those rivalry games, keeping some of those core, you know, those core weekends that college football fans have looked forward to certainly being able to have like a group of those games, but also now you're in new conferences like UCLA is going to be into having to play into that as well. But um, he, he said something else about the, you know, the idea of people like, how are people going to pay for this? Like, what does that revenue share look like? Chip Kelly here on the realignment, as far as that goes with TV contracts and then paying players. I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share in the same, we all share the same TV contract. So that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together. That's a lot of games and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You know, a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you can get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. And the fact that they don't get paid is really the biggest travesty. Not that I've thought about it. (laughs) Not that he's thought about it. I mean, and it's not – this isn't a unique idea, but it's a unique idea for college football. He's just taking – ideas and kind of combining them. That's what the NFL does. I mean, they have 32 teams versus 64 or 128, whatever he's proposing. But if he goes, okay, 64 is, you know, the group of five, 64 above that is the power five, name it whatever you want. Well, that's just kind of what the Premier League is over in Europe. You know, so you're kind of taking that idea, combining it with the NFL idea and trying to make it work for college football. I, 
This is the best plan I think I've heard for college football. I like this better than UCLA and USC somehow joining the tradition of the Big Ten, right? Like, this, this doesn't make sense, whereas this actually makes sense. All right. It, correct me if I'm wrong here. When he's talking about the one TV contract over the Power Five schools, I don't know what he was really mentioning as far as Group of Five. Maybe there's a different one for them. But one TV contract, wouldn't that be a monopoly? Wouldn't then, like when I'm talking about Congress getting involved, wouldn't that violate some sort of antitrust laws here where if it's just like NBC, let's just use them for example, NBC gets to take on all of the games for the Power Five. Is that what he's suggesting? I like, I, I guess I interpret it as... But the NFL has, I guess, multiple TV contracts. Yeah, because they, it's when really you brought the NFL up, it's like CBS, Fox, yeah. ESPN, that's, uh, and then Amazon. So that's that's four networks for the Power Five. So can it not still be – I don't know. Like, how would this work? Can you do – I get what he's saying with you don't want just like the Mountain West having their TV contract, the Big yeah. Ten having their TV contract. But can you have one TV contract with multiple networks? I think so. I, I guess that's – at least in my mind, that would be the next logical step of, okay – you, you get, you know, all these other, you know, ESPN, Fox, NBC, all these places, mm-hmm. CBS, that already broadcast college football. And you get them together and you figure out how to split up the games the way they figured out how to split up the NFL games. And even that's changed over the years because it used to be, oh, Fox is only a, uh, NFC, CBS mm-hmm. is AFC. But that's even mixed and matched with the addition of Amazon and the way you can flex on Monday Night Football with ESPN or Sunday Night Football with NBC. I think there's a way to, okay, these are, you know, kind of the exclusive time windows that your network gets or pays for and this is you know you get the the choice of whatever games but that to me is the one that makes the most sense is you kind of copy what the NFL has done with their TV rights yes you have multiple networks but it's really just kind of one big TV contract all going into the same spot got it I think that all makes sense I like the idea I really do the only thing I'll push back on Chip Kelly and what he said was that NIL, which she said NLI, I guess the same thing, just switching yeah. the order of the of the letters. It's not going away. Student like, that would seriously no. get legal action involved if the revenue sharing's one thing. If you believe that student athletes and football players specifically in this example deserve to be paid, then that would help the case of getting them direct funds instead of all of the booster collectives and what has happened with NIL. And I do feel like we are getting in a better spot with it. It's certainly not perfect, but it's never just going to go away because now that you've opened the ability for student athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness, taking that away would be a very big legal headache. But he has a lot of good ideas here about D1 football teams, sharing the same TV contract, and revenue sharing with athletes. Will that be the standard in the college football landscape? Certainly feels like a great idea. What do you guys think? Should Division One football be separate from the rest of college sports? Dr. Pepper call-in line is open. 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 Greeny on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel in for Greeny on this Wednesday. It's bowl game season. I watched the Toastery Bowl the other day. I watched oh, people... Oh, everywhere. Everybody's okay. having a great time. Let me tell you what happened. Um, you know, an incredible game where the toast mascot was standing next to the Western Kentucky Hilltopper at the end just to see the sheer difference in size. I thought the Hilltopper was huge. Apparently not. Did you know that the the toastery or whatever it is is a restaurant? I thought it was a bread brand. So I went online, like, trying to Google this, trying to figure out what it was. It's a restaurant in the eastern region of the United States, a lot of them in North Carolina. I believe that this – Correct me if I'm wrong here, Cam. I think that that game was played in North Carolina, so that would make sense. But um, 
I'm a big fan of all of the food bowl games. The game, the bowl games that are brought to you by Scooter's Coffee, which was the one that was on last night in the Toastery Bowl. We know that the Pop-Tarts Bowl oh, I, is coming I, up I was soon. a sucker for the Pop-Tart Bowl. I literally, like, I've heard Would so much about Would you take a bite pop- out of the edible mascot? Probably. Okay. I mean, I, I, I bought Pop-Tarts probably for the first time in a decade because I heard so much about the, about the Pop-Tart Bowl where I went, you know what? A Pop-Tart does sound good right about now. I bought a box when I was at the grocery store like a week ago. It was like, I, I, I was the sucker. What flavor? You know, like, uh, it was the frosted strawberry. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That's... I bought Pop-Tarts. Last time I did it was in the summertime. I don't know. It was on a whim. I was in Target. Again, like, this is a common theme. It's <laughs> the only place I go, apparently, outside of Target. my house. Um, but I bought them, and I was like, man, I haven't had Pop-Tarts in a very long time. And I had that in, like, June in my in my pantry, which is literally mm-hmm. right over there. If you're watching us on the ESPN app, I'm next to my kitchen. Um, and I had one about a week ago. And I'm like, that's a couple months. You know what? The preservatives, they stay good uh, for a very long <laughs> Wait, time. What did you get? I got the cherry ones. Oh. I was, You know what I was looking for, though? Do you remember when we were kids, they had the, the Pop-Tarts that were purple and had the blue swirl on it in the yes. front? Yes, yeah, fl- yeah. I would I call that, that's, that's purple flavor, like yeah. purple flavor, whatever purple is. Blueberry, you said? I think, I think it might have been the blueberry, if okay. I remember from a, from a kid, but I could be way off. I don't know if they have that one anymore, because I was looking for it. I uh, did not see it, but I would imagine that at the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which happens next week, that those are going to be fresh, and I'm very excited to see people take a bite out of the mascot. Um, the Avocados Bowl was yesterday. We've got a lot of food. Like, you know, these food bowl games are my favorite, and the Duke's Mayo one, of course. Uh, oh, if you're famous. like me and squeamish, uh, you are not going to stand for watching a head coach get doused in the mayo, but... You know, everybody loves a good sport. I'm just not one of them. Why does uh, mayo make everyone squeamish? Because it's disgusting. It's egg whites and it's hydrogenated soybean oil and all the other things that go into it, and it doesn't belong on a sandwich or anything else. So you, oh, well, you're completely out on. Oh, mayo. I'm, I'm. I have such a taste aversion to it that I would send the food back. I'd be that person and be like, "There's mayonnaise on this. I can't have it." Can you what, please make me a different sandwich? What about things that have made, like the chicken salad or like a tuna salad? Greek that yogurt. Has, like, Greek yogurt. Yeah. Greek yogurt. That's what I use instead. Okay. I All wouldn't right. do it with tuna. I'm not, I'm, again, I don't like things that are in cans like that. The smell yeah. of it would bother me. But with chicken salad, I make it with Greek yogurt. Um, I'm trying to think other things that have. I had, to eat, uh, I had to eat spoonfuls of mayo after a NCAA tournament challenge oh. bet. Years ago on uh, Will Kane show, and uh, the pr- our previous producer Steve Fruity couldn't do it. He like almost threw up. And yeah, that I, would be me. And I, so I was worried because after seeing his reaction going in, I'm like, it shouldn't be that bad. He almost vomited, and then mm-hmm. I did. I had no problem with it. it was fine. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want spoonfuls of it. Like those kids at college games that just have like the tub and are sticking their fingers in. No, that's gross. But like on a sandwich, I've never had a problem with. Like, yeah, no, mayo I, I think it just depends on who, each person though. Because yeah, I enjoy mayo and. So I think it just I was just surprised because seeing his reaction, he was dying. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be I like mayo, but he, he was hitting it. Then I, I took I wouldn't want to do it every day, but I had no problem with it. I took like three spoonfuls of it and it was fine. How big are these spoonfuls? Yeah, They're pretty big. Like heaping spoonfuls. Yeah, I got in there. And you and you had no issue with it? No, yeah, it was fine. So no you issue. have a stomach made of Teflon, I assume? <laughs> I, I enjoy mayo. Cam, are you a mayo guy? Is this something that's going to like change like our working relationship? I am a here? mayo guy, but I'm talking to a caller, so. 
Okay, well. Oh, he's he's busy. He's somebody's actually working instead of just sitting here talking about food. I guess. Ah, right, well, it's it's not my it's not my fault that the bowl games are all sponsored, or at least the good ones are sponsored by food. There's Cheez Its, the Cheez Its Bowl. Oh, I'm not sure when that one. is, but that's always a fun one. I love seeing them like you know throw those things around the field <laughs> the same way they did with the toast the other day. We want you to be part of Greenie Nation on the Dr Pepper call in line, which Cam, our producer, is currently tending to. ESPN Nation presented by Dr Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr Pepper the one that fans deserve. All right, straight ahead. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should Division One football be separate from other athletic programs? Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny. 
the podcast. Greeny, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, in for Greeny on this Wednesday morning. The show is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Some really interesting conversation that's taking place in the college football landscape right now in the midst of bowl season. Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach, has a great proposal for college sports and really how it would affect Power 5 teams and then the group of five teams in college football. We want you to weigh in. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number to get in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Should Division One football be separate from everything else in the college sports landscape? How would it work? Do you have a proposal that may actually be better than Chip Kelly's? I mean, how interesting would that be, Gabe, if we came up with the fix here on Greeny the day that he's not hosting and we can take oh. credit for fixing college sports? That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. We can just ride that. Imagine <laughs> how long we could ride that for, Courtney. I think we could ride it into maybe becoming the commissioner of whatever this Power 5 group is going to be. And maybe we could work the TV deals because, you know, you get a nice cut of that oh, money yeah. if you're the commissioner who negotiates it. I know. Yeah, I said we could that. do that and probably retire. <laughs> All right. Austin in Sacramento, help us fix college football. You're on Greeny. What you got? Well, you guys are already on track. Uh, thanks, Gabe. Thank you, Courtney. I really appreciate the time. So my sport was water polo. I played for Chico State, and we wouldn't have had a sport if Chico baseball didn't pay for it. My freshman year in 2003, the athletic director made it really clear that he could not afford a coach had Chico baseball not paid for it. So we didn't have a football team, but if we had to travel to the East Coast, we wouldn't have had a water polo team. I think that Division One football should separate specifically for travel costs. We could only afford a van. So my water polo team traveled to um, Cal Poly. We went down to L.A. to play UCLA and USC in one tournament, but we could barely afford that. And if, if you don't separate the sport, I don't know how these teams, like badminton, for example, volleyball, all of these other sports that people don't talk about, softball, they will go out of business per se. I hope I'm making sense here, but I don't think if if Chico State's baseball team didn't give us money, the water polo team, we wouldn't have been able to travel. And I think the only way for big picture college sports to survive is if they do separate. Thank uh, you guys. Have a Austin, great day. appreciate it. That was great stuff. I would assume, Gabe, I mean, I know you played Division three college baseball. I was surprised when he said that the baseball team was funding the, his water <laughs> polo program. I don't know if Chico State has a football team or not. You just think like big Division one or, you know, football. Football is the revenue driver in a lot of different sports. But his point, his point nonetheless, whether it was football or baseball or whatever sport is ending up, you know, providing those funds through the revenue share within those athletic departments, there has to be some sort of major support, especially as conference realignment is taking place around the college football, the college sports landscape starting next year. Now, the part that Chip Kelly brought in is that if football's doing its thing, and you are going to have UCLA traveling to Rutgers at some point for a Saturday game, that that won't affect the sports regionally and like keeping softball playing its own, you know, its old Pac-12 schedule, more or less. Um, that makes sense. It's just how the revenue share, if you're creating one big NFL in the college football world, that's respe- effectively what it's going to get. 
You're asking the Big Ten and the SEC to agree with a revenue share with the Big 12 and other conferences within the Power Five. I just I don't see, considering how conference realignment has laid out, that the Big Ten and the SEC, the two big powers in college football in that Power Five, would be willing to have a, an equal split knowing how many teams they have in those conferences for football and also just what their current TV deals are compared to the other guys. Yeah, that's the, and that's the tough part because you even have reports out there that Florida State is kind of weighing all options. Do we want to stay in the ACC? What's our revenue share here? They see what the other schools are getting in the SEC and the Big Ten, which do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the popularity of college football and, and how much people tune in because of the um, just the rabid fan bases in the Big Ten and you know specifically in the SEC. It, it, it becomes complicated, right, when, when if, if college football decides to separate, especially when you start getting to the, oh, and then from that money we start paying the players because Title IX is still a thing and that's not going anywhere. I don't know how college football plans on working around unless they completely separate from the NCAA and really become their own thing. And even then, because you're still associated with the universities, my guess is Title IX would be something you would have to work with anyway. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there, there is so much money in college football, and there's so much money from the Chip Kelly idea. I'm guessing you're going to be able to figure it out. You've got to be able to figure it out. And yes, as the Big Ten and the, as the SEC, would you potentially be propping up the ACC Big 12? A little bit, but aren't you already doing that already? Like, is, is Rutgers football really bringing that much value to the Big Ten? Or is Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, are they propping up those other things? Like, Purdue football... I don't think is really a big value proposition for the Big Ten, but you still prop them up because you need games to play. And yeah. this just makes the most sense. And, and if, if you're going to be business people, which is what these con- conference commissioners and athletic directors have become with all this conference realignment, maybe ultimately that becomes the best business decision. I'm running into the roadblock of picturing Alabama being willing and wanting to do a revenue share with Boston College football. Um <laughs> No offense to the Eagles. I mean, you know, I'm sure they... Direct, direct offense to the Eagles. Yeah, all the offense. Um, But, like, the short-term plan for, like, getting this thing off the ground, the 64-team conference, so, like, what Chip Kelly was suggesting, eight divisions, eight teams, 16-team playoff at the end. Like, that's one idea, one iteration of this that could work that would not only fix the the issue of having college football lumped in with the other sports, but that fixes the playoff issue. Uh, kind of the way that the NCAA over FCS football currently, like that current format could work on a smaller scale with less teams, but the power five teams and then the group of five teams. I just, I would like to see how and who would be negotiating all of that to get the big power players in college football on board with uh, the other schools. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Eli in Austin, Texas, uh, how do we do expansion on top of Chip Kelly's idea? Is there a way to go here? Because you know 2024 is not the last time that we're going to see schools jump from conference to conference. Right. And I I like Jim Kelly's idea and how you guys have been ideating. Uh, I think what you do is you uh, tease off the regulation, regulation so that when, like, UT wasn't great, they're not going to necessarily be in this top five or Doritos League, whatever you want to call it, you know, for Jim Kelly's idea. Um, they Chip might have Kelly. to be in the Red Bull League. Sorry, yeah. So um, so you can be in the Red Bull League, 
And then once you get better, because you keep the rivalries going, if they get the opportunity to beat Alabama, then maybe the following year they can move get moved up to the Doritos League. But okay. keeping it that way, that and separating that so that then UT can still play its local teams, or UT San Antonio can you know become better, and then they have the opportunity to maybe you know climb up to the uh, top league. That's, good. that's a good idea, Eli. Thanks so much for the call. That's so, Gabe, that's basically your promotion and relegation argument. Yes. The, the Premier League argument that you were saying could format into this. Yeah, it, I, that's probably where you're going to have, I think, a tougher issue convincing Alabama to prop up. Because okay, it's one thing to prop up Boston College because maybe you're playing the Eagles. And again, you need games to play. Mm-hmm. I think it's another to be propping up Northern Illinois. If, if if you're going to be doing because if if you're going to be doing relegation promotion all those sorts of things like now you're talking about a hundred and you know twenty eight teams that you're mm-hmm. negotiating a TV contract deal for and you're splitting that revenue across the one twenty eight instead of just the sixty four. It's a cool idea in theory that you have something to play for to play in, you know what Eli was talking about the different names like the Red Bull League and maybe just for the sake of bowl games, maybe the Cheez-Its League um, or other. That would be actually I have a great idea. Like if we're going to name all of these things after something, the bowl game sponsors can get involved here and it should all be <laughs> named after food. Um, but the idea of a Northern Illinois, for example, like if you have one good season and then you move up and then you get crushed in that next division the next season, like isn't that isn't that hurting the product overall? Like with yes. just and, and I'm not going to claim to know everything about the way that promotion and relegation works in you know the EPL and you know in the in in, in soccer. But how like is there a way to do that where it wouldn't just be you know you have a great season and then all of a sudden the next season like preventing teams from falling off the cliff that way? I I don't think so, especially with the with the transfer portal. Like it, I and, mean, and Chip so Kelly's much idea does not solve the transfer portal no. any of those issues that are involved there where you have free agency in college sports, in college football particularly, where teams, you know, players can jump from team to team much easier than they were able to in the previous years. And, of course, today's National Signing Day, which is such a weird thing to think about, kind of like how this plays into the whole conversation, where – you know, I've been hearing about, you know, Indiana, my alma mater, got a four-star quarterback commit last night. Hill signed his uh, national letter of intent today. The five-star quarterback, Dylan Rayola, who just flipped from Georgia to to Nebraska because Carson Beck decided he wanted to stay, decided he wanted to stay, meaning he probably got offered several millions of dollars in NIL deals to be able to stay at a program. Like, none of this fixes some of the biggest issues that we have in the recruiting world and with the transfer portal. Like, I would love to hear what Chip Kelly's idea would be to solve that element of it because that's that's as, as, as much as people want to pile on to the idea that college, expa- you know, the expansion of college sports is a bad one and it's going to kill all the local rivalries and it's going to, or the regional rivalries and it's going to hurt the product. The transfer portal in a lot of ways is doing that like well enough on its own that that needs to be something that I think we have a little bit more regulation with in the future. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know how you put the genie back in the bottle in that one though, <laughs> you know, especially well, especially with, um, you know, there was a court case, you know, a court case, and now you can transfer for a second time, and it allowed a lot of people in college basketball this year who were trying to transfer for a second time 
They've got eligibility back now, and I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and outs of that legal case because there's just so many. When we start talking about Congress and college football and legal cases and college basketball, there's just so much going on. Hard to keep on top of all of it, but I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be regulated less than it currently is, and I don't know how you stop that once that door's been opened. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I'm glad that it's being had right now. I'm glad that Chip Kelly, who has been on both sides of this in the college league and the college levels and then the pro levels, is bringing at least a solution. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it won't get anywhere, but at least he's presenting one. Would love to see some other coaches do the same. All right, are you still looking for amazing gifts for Christmas? Because I sure am. I haven't done any Christmas shopping yet. At Total Wine and More, I can find Christmas gifts for everyone on my list, and I actually might be able to get myself something there too because always look out for number one. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love. And what you love can only be found at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia, North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Greeny on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel in for Greeny this morning. So it is bowl season. And there was a rain delay at the Avocados for Cure Mexico Bowl between Appalachian State and Miami of Ohio. So during rain delays, sometimes the conversation goes off of the rails. That is what happened when Booger McFarlane, ESPN football analyst, was on the ESPN College Football Halftime Report, and he said this. Here's the worst part about it, Kev, is that you got to go sit in the locker room for 20 minutes. Yeah. And stay wet, and you're going to get cold. Now, there is one upside to this. As a defensive lineman, when you're soaking wet yeah. and it's raining, and you got to go to the bathroom... <laughs> You, hey, I'm just, I wasn't expecting no, So listen, hey. you have to find some good in this. So normally, normally, normally we have to go back in the locker room. Yeah, but since yeah. everything is wet, yeah. you just, I mean, you just, you just let it flow. Okay. You know, I was thinking about that in Booger McFarland's idea here, really just, you know, peeing down your leg is what he was saying, um, that this is not something that's super far-fetched, and I've actually heard this before, because at first I was like, man, what are we telling our youth to do? Totally kidding. Um, I was at a... Somebody, for once, please think of the children. I was at a Fam First Family Foundation, which is Marshawn Lynch, Josh Johnson, and Marcus Peters. They had this, the three of them together had this uh, foundation because they're all from Oakland, California. And when I worked out there, there was a summer youth, like a football camp. And there's a kid who was like, man, I really got to go to the bathroom. And he was bugging Marshawn about this. Marshawn's like, just pee down your leg. And so I was like, did did I just hear that? Come again? Did I just hear that correctly? (laughs) That was the advice we're giving to our youth. Um... I don't really know where to go with this. I just felt like this was something that needed to be broached. Obviously, Appalachian State defeated Miami, Ohio, 13 to 9. Very exciting avocados for the Cure Mexico Bowl. Um, do you agree with this? Is this like a like a widespread thing? That oh, this do? happens. This ha- oh, did this, this happen is- in your Division Three baseball team? No, no, this does not happen because a lot of times, especially in like baseball, I feel like the pants are like white or oh, yeah, gray. That be a problem. That's that's bad. But I feel like this hap- This is a football-only thing. Like I don't think this is happening in other sports. So I do a show um, locally in Milwaukee every day. Jen Latta, obviously tremendous from College Game Day. I mean, she's well. She's got some different stories that I, you know, if she ever wants to tell, I'll let her tell. But Mark Chamara is our other co-host. Chewy played in the NFL for nearly a decade. Was on the Packers Super Bowl team in 1996. And this is, I mean, he's got a bunch of stories about 
And he, so he would, he had a jersey, because apparently for whatever reason, his jersey wouldn't always stay tucked in. So he called it the diaper. But really, it's kind of like a onesie where it kind of button, like the two sides button, end up, you know, buttoning between your legs, much like a onesie or a diaper would. And he would, yeah, he would just pee his pants because instead of, like, that's a whole production. And at halftime, NFL halftimes go super quick. They're flying. Yeah. So, you know, in order to do the whole production of the pants, the jersey, and the whole thing, yeah, he'd just, you know, he'd just fill his drawers. Okay, we call those body suits in the um, in the woman world, like okay. those, you know, the snaps at the bottom sort of sure. thing. Like, I, I can understand Chewie's struggle with all of that. <laughs> so, okay, so this is something that players do, like, regularly? I, so. I, I know I sound, like, very ignorant on all of this, but it's just because I did not expect to hear that during the halftime <laughs> report uh, for the Avocados for the Cure Mexico Bowl. But that's um, that's unique. That's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know if it's all players – I don't know if it's all players or if it's just because so Chewie was a tight end and okay. he likes to think of himself as an extension of the offensive line. So he's like, <laughs> you know, right there with the offensive yeah. lineman. So I think it's more of a in the trenches type thing. Because I don't think as a wide receiver, when you're splitting out yeah. wide of the numbers, you know, I don't think you want that look. But offensive, defensive linemen, tight ends, maybe linebackers, uh-huh. I think it happens with those guys more often. You know, I do, once we're off air here in about 20 minutes, I have to go up to Bears practice today, and we have open locker room in the afternoon. Should this be something I go up to the defensive line and offensive line and ask about? Report I think back? so. Okay. I don't know. I don't Because I don't think they're supposed to, but I would not be shocked if players are using the blue tents to, you know, that's my theory. Themselves. That's that's my theory because it does take, you know, it's it's a long walk back to the locker room and yes. sometimes when you got to go, you got to go. grab a Gatorade cup and, you know, you, you take care of business. <laughs> All right, that's um <laughs> did not think we'd be talking about that this morning. Sounds like we have some trivia on tap. Cam, what you got for us? Yes. So Hembo usually does the trivia. He's not in today. But you and Gabe are new to the trivia, so I'm going to ask a question. Uh, we're going to break. You'll think about it a little bit. And you, Gabe, and Bubba will guess on the other side. Hopefully one of you will get it right. Today's question is, so Brock Purdy is the odds-on favorite for the MVP. Christian McCaffrey, the odds-on favorite for Offensive Player of the Year. Who is the only teammate tandem to win both awards in the same season. Ooh. The only tandem on an NFL team to win MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. And I assume I get no hints for this? No hints. We're going to break, and then uh, you guys will guess on the other side. All right. Well, you heard Cam there. I want you guys to think about this, too. You can slide me a DM and let me know at Courtney R. Cronin on well, Twitter. What you think? That. Cheating. I might whoa, be whoa, just – I'm crowdsourcing, <laughs> guys. All right. That's coming up next here, Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Shameless plug here. I write our MVP file for ESPN.com. Week 15 in the books, a lot of shakeup in our top five rankings. You can check that out this morning at ESPN.com. And it helps us spin forward this conversation. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio about the trivia question that Cam just gave us. Like, So I want you to come back in, Cam. Tell us again, and I'll tell you why this sparked my 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 interest in like what this I think I have the answer I actually do Whoa, I think I wow. got the answer on this. okay right. because I wrote our MVP file yesterday so I was just going through a lot of the numbers with Brock Purdy Christian McCaffrey are you and, sure someone didn't just DM you as you solicited DMs no I was texting during the break but oh, I was, so someone oh, texted oh, you I got no it. I wasn't texting about this got it, but got it, got I'll it. actually I should look at my DMs and see if people you know the call to action actually worked yeah. um but Cam come back in let us know what the trivia question is one more time yes so. If Courtney thinks she knows it, then we'll have her go last. But uh, okay. So Brock Purdy, the uh, odds-on favorite to win MVP. Christian McCaffrey, the odds-on favorite to win Offensive Player of the Year. What is the only teammate tandem to win both awards in the same season? So I'm not going first here because yeah. I think I know it based on this thing. I was doing like scrolling back through my brain, actually, Bubba, not on my phone, um, about Christian mm. McCaffrey. He reached a milestone. I'm not going to give this to you, but he reached a milestone in week 15 at Arizona that one other player in the NFL, at least one other running back has. So, Gabe, right. you want to go first? Gabe, let's start with you. Um, well, I mean, that hint, if Courtney thinks she knows it, that kind of hints that a running back would be the offensive player of the year. And I, so I, I had two kind of bouncing around in my mind, and this one was more recent. So I went with Tom Brady, Randy Moss from 2007. Because Randy, I think, had like 21 touchdowns that year. He had, like set the record for most touchdowns in a single season as a wide receiver. Brady won the MVP going away, so I'm going that direction. All right, Bubs. Yeah, uh, that that uh, that's a good one. I think that's – I thought about that. I'm going to go older and go Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. Yeah, that was the other one I was thinking. That's my answer. And I don't know if that's right because originally I was going to go Montana and Rice, but the more I thought about it with what Marshall Falk had accomplished in that greatest show on turf, but they believe it was a Super Bowl season that he won Offensive Player of the Year and Kurt Warner won MVP – that is my final answer. All right. The correct answer is 
Kurt Warner and Marshall yes. Falk. Hey, I got one. I was I was surprised that like I was going to get a trivia question. They here. did it twice in 1999 oh. and 2001. But they Kurt were, Warner, so they just reversed it. Yeah, no, All no. Right. Kurt Warner won MVP both years, and oh, okay. Marshall Falk won Offensive Player of the Year in 99 and 01. Marshall yes. Falk won MVP and Offensive Player of the Year in 2000. So he won it oh, three straight years. Oh my Gabe, gosh. for your guess. Tom Brady was both MVP and Offensive Player of the Year in 07, which I think uh, Randy should have gotten one of those. That's pretty right? ridiculous. He what caught was, 23 touchdowns. What was the last time that a player won MVP and Offensive Player of the Year? Do we know that? Probably Rodgers, I assume, but I'm not sure. Was he, like in 2020 and 2021, did he win Offensive Player of the Year too? Uh, if it's not no. that, it's probably the year Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I feel at some point they've kind of separated him. and Yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. Like, you would probably have to do something so outrageous to win both of those awards because it seems like they've just been split now. Okay, one one guy wins the MVP, another guy ends up being the Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, Rodgers did not do it in any of his MVP years. He was second in Offensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. uh, in three of them. So. so here's the stat that I had that I remembered writing about Christian McCaffrey. So in that win that they had over the Cardinals – this past weekend, which was when Purdy was like, he's the MVP, McCaffrey, like that's who he would vote for. Um, it was his 15th career game with at least one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown. That's the Marshall Falk record that he's tied with, the most in NFL history. And we know, you know, to build Christian McCaffrey's case, he has four of those games this year with the 49ers. Some of those happened with the Panthers. I believe a couple, I think it was three or four of them happened last year, but four of them happening this year. He's up to 20 touchdowns on the year. Raheem Mostert also has that many. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, at this point, the numbers that Brock Purdy is putting up, you know, first in the league in yards per attempt, completion percentage, all of the things that, you know, have this 49ers team in position to keep the number one seed and have the path to the Super Bowl, or at least to the, you know, to that game run through San Francisco. It's going to be hard, given their stretch down the rest of the season in these final three games, to wrestle that away from him. A lot could change in the sense of what's coming up on Monday Night Football between the Ravens and the 49ers. I believe that's the the late game, but it it makes me think like that's like our uh, Monday is going to be a precursor to the Super Bowl, is it not? Uh, it it very well could be. I'm, I've been trying to rack my brain um, of who I would even contemplate putting on the 49ers tier right now because it just seems like they've separated themselves above everybody else. So it's okay. What style? Who can actually go and challenge the 49ers? Because even during their three-game losing streak, there's not like one thing that really steps out to me in terms of, oh, this is the reason they lost the game, other well, than their injured. own health. Yes, other injured. than their own Trent health. Williams and Debo Samuel, now that yeah. they're fully healthy because they had like the most perfect buy at Week 9, but you it's- know. Yeah, it's it's not like there was oh the Browns and and the 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 Vikings and the Bengals were all able to get after Brock Purdy and sack him a bunch of times because mm-hmm. that wasn't the case. So it, really, outside of their own health, that's the reason why they struggled in those three games. I I don't know who I would put up there unless it just ends up being a hot team. Like if Buffalo makes it all the way there and they're riding sure. this hot streak. Maybe, but right now it's hard for me to think of a team that's even on that same level. So you don't have Baltimore on that same level. I I don't. They they kind of fall down into that you know Dallas level. I, they're beat up too. Tier they two. they've won some games, yeah. But they're kind of yeah tier one and a half, tier two if you want. If if 
49ers are up on tier one. All right. For Cam, Bubba, Gabe, and Greeny, I'm Courtney Cronin. Carlin versus Joe coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.